This is Belonging, a podcast that explores being alive in the age of loneliness. I'm your host, Becca Piastrelli, a writer, mother, and community tender currently living on the ancestral lands of the Coast Miwok people in present-day Marin County, California. In this show, we explore topics like rites of passage, cultivating meaningful community, seasonal and cyclical living, and what it means to be a good ancestor in these times. I have thought-provoking conversations with friends, teachers, elders, and ancestral medicine keepers to help support you in bringing more meaning and connection to your life. I also pop in here and there to share updates and learnings from my own story, because we were meant to do this together, cosmically holding hands as we walk the spiral of life. You can expect to be challenged by new or old ideas, face your beliefs and what systems informed them, get curious and brave to tell the truth about the deeper, harder things, and feel comforted in the knowing that you don't have to navigate it all alone. Hello, welcome back to Belonging, the podcast. It's Becca Piastrelli here coming to you in an early October vibe. It's the best month, isn't it? In so many ways, really feeling the crispness of the mornings and the crunch of the leaves. And it's definitely not sweater weather where I live, but I put one on for like 30 minutes in the morning (laughs) before the sun peeks through the trees. And um, I live for it. I live for a seasonal transition. I live for the sap going to the roots. I live for the slowdown, even though it can feel so difficult. I actually had a friend text me this weekend. I was really honored, actually. We knew each other a long time ago. And um, we still sort of keep in touch. And she said, hey, I think what I'm experiencing right now is because of the seasonal transition. And I just thought of you like... I'm having a really hard time slowing down. I'm really weepy. I think I might be getting sick. And I was like, yeah, what you're feeling is from a seasonal transition. It is asking us to slow down. It does impact our nervous system. It's okay to feel grief as the sap literally descends down, down, down. Like this is all normal. This is all innate. So she gave herself a day, a rainy day inside, uh, which was a big deal for her. And I was just yesing that in a big way. And I'm yesing that to myself and to all of you. If you're struggling to slow down, but also really craving it, uh, look to the ways of the trees outside your window, no matter where you live. You may It may be springtime, the sap is rising in the Southern Hemisphere, or whenever you're listening to this, but it's okay. It's okay to want to slow down and it's okay if it's hard. Nature can show us how to do it. I wanted to let you know about a little event, an online workshop I'm hosting with the wonderful Sea Grape Apothecary. If you have never heard of Sea Grape Apothecary, get on the internet, look them up. They're based in Portland, Oregon, uh, run by a fabulous group of babes, and um, their Instagram is really fabulous. And they have an incredible 
um, like virtual event program. And I am telling you about an event that's on December 11th. And I'm telling you now because you know what happens in December to our calendars. So I am doing an event called Basking in Your Glow, Rituals from the Ancestral Hearth Fire. And we're going to talk about easing in to the end of the calendar year, while also on the other side of the Witch's New Year, and really bringing a different way of reviewing the last year and preparing for the dream time and preparing for the year to come from like an ancestral agrarian perspective, looking at the way our lives and our creations go from dream to seed to sprout to flower to fruit to seed again. So you can look them up. There'll be a link in my bio on Instagram, but if you go to Sea Grape, one word, Sea Grape Apothecary and click on their events, mine is called Basking in Your Glow, Rituals from the Ancestral Hearth Fire. And then I have a coupon code. The coupon code is belonging. I think you get 10 or 15% off tickets and tickets are really affordable. So come join me for that. I wanted to let you know. Okay, today's episode, I've been really looking forward to this one, is with Erin Claire Jones, the one and only, the human design, I'm not saying guru because I don't believe in guru culture, but she's a badass when it comes to human design. And I have a really fun story about how we came into each other's lives that I share in the episode. Um, But if you don't follow Erin Claire Jones on Instagram, she's got the pink background and she shares just such good information and affirmations based on your human design type. If you don't know what human design is, you'll find out on this episode. I've had guests in the past talk about human design. I really like it. And, you know, there are people who are really into Enneagram. There are people who are really into astrology, people who are really into the gene keys. And I understand when you're passionate about something, it's like your thing. And my thing is human design. And I just find it to be so helpful. So I asked Erin on to talk about human design as it relates to parents and partners. So that feels like a little different from maybe what you've heard about human design and trying to make it work for your work life. I know for me, it's been really important for me to understand like how to best work with my energy and my multi-passionate nature and, and how to divest from capitalism in a way that feeds my energy and also serves my purpose in the world and my creations. And it can be helpful in relationships too. And when you have kids. So that's really what we focus on. So let me give you the bio. Erin Claire Jones uses human design to help thousands of individuals and companies step into their work and their lives as their truest selves and to their highest potential. Her work as a guide, coach, and speaker has attracted a growing community of 190,000 people who turned her teachings for practical tools, digestible tips, and deeper self-knowledge they can access to live with greater ease and authenticity every day. She's got some really awesome things to share with us, including the Blueprint book, which I'm excited to get mine. And there's a coupon code for that too. It's belonging. That's the coupon code. That's just always going to be the coupon code when we have things to offer you. And yeah, why don't you settle in and listen in, whether you have a partner or not, or are a parent or not. If you're curious or you're like super in with me and... um want to learn more and want to go deeper, I think this episode will be really helpful. Okay, let's dive in. 
Well, Erin Claire Jones, welcome to Belonging. So good to be with you. So happy to be here. Thank you for having me. So we have a connection that I just think is a beautiful way to begin this conversation, which is we knew about each other on the internet because of mutual friends. And you're just like this incredible human design voice, particularly on Instagram. And then I somehow knew that you moved to upstate New York. I somehow knew, I don't know how, cause you're not like, you know, loud and proud about that. And then we had connected about doing human design. I think my friend Nisha was like, you got to interview her. And then I was like, Hey, like, where do you live? <laughs> very so before we ever talked, right? Before we, we were just well, emailing. before we recorded. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, Oh, I know about your book. And I was like, Oh, where do you live? <laughs> And you're like, this town in Hudson Valley, upstate New York. And I was like, okay, well, that is the literal exact town I am looking to move to uh, from California. And thus began this like beautiful friendship that we've had where you've really supported me in this big, huge migration decision that Tim and I are undertaking. And you even gave me the name of your realtor, which is how we found the farm, which is a very magical story. So I'm very looking forward to being in community with you. And I just publicly say to the world, thank you for all your generosity and welcoming me in, in a big momentous transition. I'm trusting. Oh my God. I, it's been my pleasure. I think that I am so excited for more people to come up here. And I think it's such a special place. And I also am so excited for like more mothers and parents and families. Yeah. And so I think I was like, had an agenda. I was like, I wonder if I could have <laughs> moved here. This would be amazing. Um, so I'm just, I'm so amazed and like in true manifesting generator fashion, I'm so amazed by like you just being like, I'm going to do it. And then like just doing it. You know, yeah. I feel like people express interest often and then it's like, okay, like, you know, who knows, but you really just like, you made it happen. So it was so funny. So Becca and I met for the first time in person a couple of weeks ago, but it felt like we we're already so connected because we're like, oh, we've been texting for a long time. <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm so excited to have you up here and have more time together. Yeah. And our girls, I we both have girls. Oh, very excited to be in mama community with you. Yeah. Okay, so I asked you on because human design is hot, hot, hot. <laughs> it's true, yeah. <laughs> and I literally can't stop myself from bringing up human design in almost every conversation I have, like with my trainer, like with my mama friends. Like I'm constantly pulling up Jovian Archive and like looking up people's charts and texting them a screenshot. Like, and, and then people are like, oh, you do human design readings. I'm like, actually, all I know are the types and the authorities. <laughs> and it's enough for me to have like very important and deep and fun totally. conversations. And so I am just like biased and a fan. I'm not this isn't going to be like the Enneagram episode and the Myers-Briggs episode. This is like human design, underline, highlight, Becca loves. So <laughs> I find that some people get very overwhelmed, particularly with the visual when you put yes. in your human design. It's like a body and there's like lines and things and people feel like, okay, what's going on? So I brought you on to, to just give us a primer, like what is human design 
how do you feel like, I mean, it's what your work is about. Like, how do you Mm -hmm. feel can benefit us? I will probably chime in. And then we wanted to talk as, as mamas about incorporating human design into the parenting and maybe partnering side of life because it's just endlessly helpful. So Mm -hmm. maybe, yeah, you just probably have a spiel. I think a great entry point is the types, which is what you share on your Instagram a lot. We can Mm -hmm. go from there. Okay, perfect. So human design for those new is a system based on your time, date, and place of birth that reveals your energetic blueprint and how you're uniquely wired to thrive, whether it's in your work, in your family, in your relationships. And it basically gives us each our own kind of unique roadmap to finding more flow in our lives. And I think what drew me to human design is that it's very actionable. It like not only gives us all this like juicy self-knowledge about how we operate best, but it gives us all these tools to actually step into it. And my experience with human design is that it's often not about telling people anything new. It's just giving them a language for things they have always felt and known to be true about themselves and having like a stranger mirror back. They're like, oh my God, yes. Like I feel such permission to be me. Um, So it's been pretty tremendous. And I think when I first discovered human design, it was not hit tit. It was not a cool thing. And like, no one knew what it was. And so I was like, this is amazing. Like, when are people going to care? And so it's really just been so inspiring to watch it grow in popularity and watch people just start to integrate human design into their language and how they do business and how they parent and all the things. So um, it's an amazing system and it's one of many tools, but it's one that I have fallen very deeply in love with. Did you want to share anything about your love for human design before I talk about types? Yeah. So I sort of found like, I mean, I'm very into astrology. I could kind of get into Enneagram, but I often get my numbers confused because numbers are hard for me. And there is something about human design, which I know has its origins in like all these different sort of mystical, ancient, like the the Tao Te Ching and astrology and all these ways in which those all contribute to like a body of knowledge that really was channeled, which when I first heard about that was like, what? But then just having it like the blueprint, I love that term, reflect back to me literally everything I knew to be true. I find sometimes when people are like, oh, that's so Virgo of you. And I'm like, I don't know about Mm -hmm. that. Or like, I find myself questioning it. There's something about human design that just feels affirming. Yeah. And I find I never feel, you know how sometimes with, I don't, I'm trying not to shit talk astrology because I very much like it, but you know when people are like, oh, that's like so scorpionic and you're like, is that a dick? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if that's a dick. Whereas there's something about human design where it just all feels uplifting and useful And I now just want to know everyone that comes into my life, I immediately want to know what their design is so that I can, how I can best be a friend to them, how I can best encourage them and how I can take like cues or ways of being and just like not make it mean some story and actually understand how they operate. So it's just a great, and it's really great for my marriage for me to Mm. remember I'm married to a pure generator and it's just like, I'm constantly reading about it to be like, oh, okay, that's what's going on. That's what's going on. Got it. What is his authority? Sacral like mine. Okay, cool. 
Um, I, and we can talk about what that is for those who are new, but, um, I love hearing that, you know, and I think that it is, it is meant to be such an empowering and uplifting system. So I'm just so glad that that's been your experience. You know, I think it's easy to be like, oh, like I can't do this because I'm this type. And it's like, no, like Mm -hmm. human design or like any system, like doesn't tell us what we cannot do. It just lets us know how we can do it best in our own unique way. And so it's really meant to be a thing that empowers and uplifts us and doesn't limit us. So let's start with the types. Yes. Um, so in human design, there are, like Becca said, you look up the chart and you'll be like, this is crazy. There's so much information. Um, but there's a lot of very like at the surface information that's incredibly useful and is a beautiful place to start with. And so one of those pieces is your type. And there are five different types, manifesting generators, generators, manifestors, projectors, and reflectors. You can look up on Jovian. You can look it up at humandesignblueprint.com. All you need is your time, date, and place of birth. And again, don't try to make sense of the chart immediately. It's super not intuitive. Just look at your type. Mm -hmm. And so you have a family full of generators and manifesting generators. Mm -hmm. Lots of powerful energy in your household. Um, So we'll start with generators and manifesting generators. And I'll talk about them together and then separately. And then the three other types. So generators and manifesting generators are really here to be the doers the ones that have such tremendous energy to build create and make things happen when they are so genuinely lit up and excited by what they're doing and so i would say one of their biggest lessons is really prioritizing their excitement and knowing the more lit up they are the more energy they have the more magnetic they become the more they kind of uplift everyone around them Another big lesson for both of these types is boundaries because they have such tremendous vitality and energy available to them. People can really want to just like get in and take advantage and like use all that precious energy. And so really having strong boundaries and trusting your gut to know what you're available for and what you're not. I think when we talk about the distinctions, you know, manifesting generators. So like you and your daughter um, are both quite multi-passionate. You know, you're not really meant to like lock yourself into one career or one way of doing things. Like you might find yourself weaving in between different passions and excitements. You are multi-hyphenate by nature. Your career likely will not look super linear. Um, You're not really meant to stick with the same thing forever. You're quite quick in your ability to make things happen. So I would say your gift is probably not handling every single step along the way. So it's really nice to have people around you that can support you in that in a way that kind of allows you to move fast and be in your flow. Whereas your husband and generators really carry this kind of very steadfast, like committed energy. So again, if they love to do lots of things, I'll never tell them not to do it, but it might be more like, I'm going to dive really deeply into this one thing, you know? And then like when it's time, like really deeply into this other thing, you know? And so really just trusting that. And I would say, do you notice that difference in your partnership in terms of kind of your multi-passionate versus kind of his more, I'm going to dive deeply into this one thing. Yeah. It makes him really nervous. When I, your energy um, in that my way, my energy, yeah, yeah I, m- probably when I project it, where I'm like, but let's do this and this and this and this and this and this, and so now we we sort of have archetypal. We've named it in an archetypal way, like I'm the dreamer and he's the logistical doer, and I do, but like I think that's maybe the manifesting side, which we can talk about in a moment, I'm sure, but yeah, he can work for so long on one thing and can go so in depth. And that's really, I mean, we also kind of live in a generator 
capitalism feels like a generator world. Uh, and so he's been able to do well for himself, but also he burns out. He doesn't always know when to stop. And Mm -hmm. I think I have a bit more of like, Oh, it's time to move on or Oh, it's not feeling well. Oh, this feels good. Or, you know, where I think that can, that's nice for him to see in me and remind him of. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, I've seen so many generators who can be so competent at so many things, you know, they carry such powerful energy, but like them actually being excited and lit up and satisfied by it is the most important thing, Yeah, you know? And so it is just like really learning how to prioritize that in the smallest of ways and learning how to support each other in that in partnership. Um, and the last piece that I would share about generators and manifesting generators is that you're really not meant to chase after anything. Your strategy is all about responding, or I just think of it as magnetism. Like you basically are meant to like, let the things show up, wait for them to spark you. And then like, if your gut lights up and you're like, yes, I feel drawn to and expanded by this thing, then go make that thing happen, you know, but you're basically waiting to be led by your gut and not by your mind or what you think you should do. So just kind of noticing any places you've been pushing or forces versus the ones you kind of allowed yourself to wait for that natural response to guide you. Mm, Yeah. That's the biggest challenge for me. Yeah. Well, I think also the, go ahead. What do you think also? Oh, I was just thinking of like the, your move to the Hudson Valley feels like very much in response. Do you know what I mean? Like it feels like, Oh, but it was a wait to respond. It was a wait, 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 wait. Like you've been wanting to for a while. Yeah. Oh, well we've known for years we wanted to move East. Well, first it was somewhere else and then it was East. And then we went to Vermont last October thinking for sure it was Vermont. And we just couldn't get to a yes, a gut yes. But we, our brains, like we got close, like we went in toward properties and fully were like, we can make this happen right now. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I guess we're wise enough and have had enough wrong, <laughs> like wrong turns yeah. in life to be like, no. No. So that when we saw this place that, um, our realtor showed us, it was just like, yes, like big yes. Even we were trying to convince ourselves it was a no, but it was such a gut. Yes. Um, but we waited and I think we had a therapist like five or six years ago, we were in some sort of like question about life. I think it was actually about moving. And he said to us, the decision's not ready to be made yet. And that has been my mantra for us is like the decision's not ready to be made yet. Cause we don't have enough information and our bodies, our guts are not saying yes. Cause our brains could literally mm. do anything, but it's just like the decision's not ready to be made yet. And, and then yes, always comes and it always requires a quieting, which is also a challenge. Totally. Yeah. And it's like, and especially for you and Tim, and this is the authority piece that I referenced earlier, it speaks to how we best make decisions in our human design. Like you and Tim are both like gut, full body, like it's full body or it's a no, or it's a not now, you know, and it can be really annoying when it's like, I want a yes before I'm getting it, but it's almost always worth it to wait for it, you know? And so waiting for that moment where it's just like every part of my body says yes, even though like my mind might be trying to tell me a very different story, whether it's convincing me into or out of this thing. Mm-hmm. So the other types, we've got projectors, manifestors, and reflectors. So projectors are really here to be 
leaders, guides, teachers, advisors, not here to do all the doing. So, so much of being a projector is knowing that your gift is not in how hard you work or how much you do, but really kind of in your perspective and how you see these people are often very innately wise to and kind of wise about and sensitive to people. And they're often people they love human design. <laughs> they love often any system yeah. that kind of helps them better understand people and how they work. Um, their energy will likely ebb and flow. So really building space and rest and ease into their days is so beneficial to them and everyone around them. Um, and their strategy is waiting to be recognized and invited in. So again, no chasing, no initiating, waiting for people to be like, I see you, I value you, I want your perspective, like I want you. And the invitation is our most powerful tool as projectors to just like know who's ready for our energy and when. And I think one thing I've discovered is that projectors, like they see a lot and it's very tempting to want to like share all the things that they see. But if they share them and people are not open, it often won't land and it can just like cultivate a lot of bitterness. And so that invitation is like that energetic opening of like, are they ready? And do they actually value it? So it's like not a waste of my energy or theirs. Yeah. Every human design person I've ever known is a projector. I know it's, and there are non-projector human design people who are amazing, but they do, it, it is a very natural place for us just because like we love mastering systems. We love guiding people. Like we love asking the right questions. Like it's a really um, nice fit for those things. So is the not self theme bitterness? Yeah. And, and the bitter, and so we all have kind of signals that reveal when we're off track. And so for generators and manifesting generators, frustration is that indicator, yeah. kind of a resentment to satisfaction sense. Whereas to be on track is to feel deeply satisfied and fulfilled Um, for projectors to be off track is bitterness. And that's really rooted in a sense of like, I've got so much to share. No one's asking me, you know, or I don't really feel recognized or appreciated for who I am. And to be on track is success, which like, of course can manifest as material success, but more important than that, it's really around like, I just feel so recognized and appreciated for like who I am and what I do. Yeah, so many projectors I know feel a real challenge in like our culture, especially like our work culture around living their design, particularly around rest and the invitation. Um, And then I've had some friends like be like, I'm a projector, but like I think I'm fully in a trauma response working as a generator. Yeah. And like, what do you say to that when people are like, I don't think I'm actually being the projector I am. Well, I think most of us aren't, you know, I think that when I first discovered human design, I was like, I was trying so hard to be a generator. I was like, I don't, and I still do, you know, some days. And like, it's been so useful to have a partner know my human design and just be like, Aaron, like you could rest right now. I'm like, Oh, that's an option. Cool. You know? So I think that like, I think what I remind those people of is like one that's so normal, you know, like we live, like you said, in like a very generator and manifesting generator world. So it's really easy to kind of get our worth tied up in that. Um, I think often as projectors, we can get away with it until we're like around 30 and then kind of it starts to become <laughs> yeah. clear that we're like, this is not sustainable anymore. And I would just say as projectors, like start small. You know, like start building and rest in the smallest of ways and just see the difference. I think what I've noticed is the more I allow and rest and support and ease, like the more successful and the better I am. 
You know, like I'm way more effective at my work. And I Mm -hmm. think what I used to feel as a projector is that I felt like even rest had to be productive. I was like, okay, what course will I listen to? What podcast will I like to listen to? And it was just like, I never gave myself time to be like unproductive. And so that was a big kind of initial learning of like, what if I give myself time to do nothing, you know, and like, there's no achievement or productivity associated with this moment. And that's been really powerful. And then, you know, to the invitation point as well, one piece I didn't mention is that like, as a projector, it's hard for people to invite you and if they don't know you exist. And so mm-hmm. one of our biggest jobs as projectors is to let people know that we exist, you know, and not pitch people, but just like share, you know, share what you're inspired by and what you're thinking about. Like, not because you're desiring to be seen by certain people, but you're just making yourself available to be seen. You're making yourself available for the right people to kind of resonate with and come to you. And you're in partnership with a generator, right? Yeah. Right. So you're the Barack Obama and he's the Michelle Obama. He's the Michelle. I'll take it. Um, (laughs) But, but yes. And, and we also work together. So um, it's been a really, is the projector generator duo can actually be so wonderful in business and life, oh but it requires that you realize how different you are. Yeah. I, I do enjoy collaborations with projectors actually. Okay. I've gone through a few, um, reminder, I'm a manifesting generator. I've gone through a few iterations of like recruiting, um, like people for my team and I get a lot of projectors. I I mean like it's amazing because I ask I ask for people to share their human design yeah and I'm wondering what you have to say about that as like a manifesting generator type like running the business like being the visionary and then and then having projectors apply to like do the stuff it feels counterintuitive to me but I also don't want to like put that on these people you know. Yeah. And also know that you power them. You know what I mean? Like, and and not in a way, hopefully that's disempowering for projectors, but like when you're lit up, like it will give them energy. And so like, I think that if they feel really recognized and appreciated and valued for the gift that they're like going to be offering and like the area they're going to be focusing on, it can be amazing, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and projectors can be so good at asking you the right questions, giving you things to respond to. We definitely have attracted almost purely projectors in our business, but really? my partner really fuels it all. Thank God for him. So, mm-hmm. um, but I think that it, it's a really nice balance, but I would say that it's, it's probably a good balance for you to like have, I don't know how big your team is or what the support is like, but I think having a balance of different types, specifically having like more generators and projectors can be really nice. Mm-hmm. But there it's is just a, me right yeah. now, but it's so not sustainable. <laughs> so yeah. um, I'm excited to bring on more people. Okay, yeah. so let's go to the next Manif- Manifestors are really here to be the disruptors, the innovators, the ones that are really good at getting things started and initiating. Um, not always here to do all the doing, but often here to like get the ball rolling. They are often people that thrive when they feel a sense of freedom and autonomy and control. 
They are not here to be told what to do or manage or guided in any way, here to do things on their own terms and in their own way. And their energy can often operate in creative bursts where they can make a lot happen very quickly over the course of a couple hours, couple days, couple weeks, and then need to kind of pull back and rest and wait for the next inspiration to kind of arise within them. And their strategy is about initiating. They're here to make the first move, wait for a thing to arise and follow it. And also about informing. And what I mean by that is just... If they're going to make a big decision or take action on something, it's really healthy to keep the people around them in the loop and just give them a heads up before they fly. And it makes people kind of feel like they're on their team and they can really kind of support that vision. So then do I have a manifester in my generator? Like how does that manifesting generator, is that, is that a combination of both? So, you know, it's, it's a little bit confusing. So I would say that like, it's most important for you to like, remember that you're a generator But I think the idea only because like, if you start initiating things and chasing after things, you're probably going to burn out would be my guess. Whereas like when you let things come to you, it's your greatest tool to actually know if you have the energy for it. Once you have that clear gut response and something has come, you can make things happen like a manifester very easily. So that's kind of where it comes out. It's like, once the response is there, you're like, let's go, you know, let's like make it happen. And manifesting generators and all types are so nuanced in the actual individual design, but it's more around like, wait for the generator response. And then you can kind of be that powerhouse making it happen. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Yeah. Oh yeah. I am just thinking of my two friends who are manifestors and how, man, how jazzed I get by like their ideas and the projects they bring to me. And like our friend dates are so epic. Like it's just so full of life and newness and energy. It's just feels so good to be around them. Yeah. And they're so inspiring, you know, and they also can be like a little bit provocative. Like they're just like, you yeah. like do their own thing. So it's like really nice for them to be around people that really like, like you were like, oh, this is like such an inspiring energy to be around. It's so impactful. But sometimes people can like want to control them or feel like a little bit threatened yeah. that they're not fitting in or like into a box that they're familiar with. And so I think it's really important as a manifester to be surrounded by people that really embolden you and like remind you how powerful you are and like really want to give you all the space to be free in all the ways you want. So, okay, so now let's talk about, isn't it five. like, of the population? 1%. Okay. Are reflectors. Reflectors are really our collective mirrors. They're people that are deeply sensitive to their physical space and always kind of taking in and magnifying the energy that they're around. And so you really get a good sense of how a team or a company is doing based on how that reflector is showing up. And so it's important for them to just be really ruthless about where they spend time what spaces, what offices, what homes, what cities, what coffee shops, and who they spend time with because they will magnify that. The magic of reflectors, and there are so many magical things, but one piece is that they're very fluid. They might have days where they feel like a generator, like a manifesting generator, like a projector, like a manifester. So their job is not to be just one thing or show up in just one way, but honor whatever feels like them that day, knowing that it is all them. And We call them evaluators in the context of business just because they have such a gift for like seeing and sensing things that most people miss. And so they have such an invaluable and such a powerful perspective. So really important for them to be in spaces where that perspective feels really recognized and invited in. So what's their not self theme? Their not self theme is disappointment. 
And that's mm-hmm. often when they're kind of in the wrong spaces with the wrong people. And the, the signature that an alignment sig- sign is around being surprised. They're kind of just like surrender to whatever wants to come through and not trying to control it. And manifestors to be in alignment is peace, kind of able to do what they want when they want. And off track, not self, is anger, which often is rooted in a sense of feeling disempowered or a lack of control. Mm. Cool. So that's a great starting point, everyone. So you can go to humandesignblueprint.com, right? And put in all your information and it'll pop out a lot of information. But if you just look at the type, you can like scroll back and or like, you know, go rewind (laughs) whatever you do in a podcast and listen to what we just said and think about how that shows up for you. And then like you can go down the rabbit hole. Of human design. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. Anything else you want to share about it or should we? Well, do you want me to share about it around parenting with the types? I I do. I guess I just wanted to talk about authority really quick. Yeah, yeah, of course. Because I have a daughter with emotional authority. This is a perfect Mm -hmm. segue actually into parenting. Yeah, great. Okay. So, So yeah. What is the authority types? Like what is, what is that about? So there are seven different authorities and they are, I would say the next piece that I would recommend diving into and it reveals how we best make decisions. And so it's obviously so important because we're making decisions all the time and it really helps us know how to make decisions in the most aligned way. And none of us are meant to make decisions from our minds. Like none of us are meant to create these like pro con lists and rationalizing our way (laughs) in or out. It's more just like really tapping into a deeper knowing and human design reveals what that is for us. So, uh, we talked about mine and Tim's. Yeah. It is sacral. So from Mm -hmm. the gut and me talking about waiting for the, all the information and waiting for the gut. Yes. Like the, uh uh-huh or the, uh uh-uh. Yes. And then Atlas, my child, we found out. Okay. So I, I was telling, okay, slight side story, but worth it. Aaron and I were like having coffee and pastries in our, in our new town. And, um, I was telling her about how, when she gives birth, which will be soon, um, how she needs to have a cosmic cheerleader text thread, which is like all the most beloveds, like tuning into the birth, not to be like, what's happening, but to be like sending love, sending energy, and then to celebrate when the baby comes. And so I had this cosmic cheerleaders text thread and our mutual friend Nisha like wrote, okay, Atlas was born at 4.31 PM and literally within two minutes, like flooded with human design charts from all my friends. Good. (laughs) The best feeling. So yeah. I wonder if someone will jump on it for you before you have to while you're recovering. Anyways, this is how I found out I'm that Atlas, Atlas is an emotional authority. Yeah. And my first thought was, oh, my gosh, what does that mean? I'm scared. How do I parent an emotional authority? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know – you and Tim both have that capacity in the moment to make decisions based on your gut feeling. So Atlas is a little bit different in that she is emotional. I call this wait for clarity and she's a manifesting generator. So she's got a really strong gut feeling. And I would say for all the small decisions, she's just meant to go with it in the moment. 
For the big decisions, however, she's really meant to sleep on things and feel into things. And so as like, as much as you guys can like be a full bodied yes and move into action once you have clarity, it's actually a bit better for her to like take a beat and make sure her excitement sustains before she says yes. What's most important for Atlas, and you're probably making a lot of decisions for her right now, is that she's not making decisions from like a super intense emotional high or low, but more like a cool, calm, settled place. And that's what comes with time. In terms of parenting, um, I think, you know, one thing to be aware of is that there are parts of our design that really speak to where we're most sensitive to others and parts that speak to where we impact others most with, with our energy. And so I would say when I look at your design, you are very empathic, incredibly sensitive to other people's feelings, literally can feel it all. This is like such a gift of yours, but also can probably be overwhelming at times if you're like unclear on what's yours and what's not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Atlas is definitely empathic in her own way, but she actually projects her emotions out into the world. And I would say with your family unit, unit, she really sets the emotional tone. Meaning that if like Atlas is feeling good and like really wonderful, like it's going to be so uplifting for you and Tim. But if she's like on a low, you're going to feel it deeply, you know? And, and so my recommendation as much as possible is to just give her space and to also honor your sensitivity. Like I have the same dynamic with my partner where I'm like projecting out my emotions and he's just taking it all in. And like, it's been a really beautiful thing for us to know. So in moments where I'm in an emotional low, which is like super normal and there's like nothing to like get out of, it's more just to like feel and be in. He's like, I love you. I'm going to see you later. You know what I mean? Be in your thing and like cannot wait to see you on the other side. Um, So there's just something about like really letting her feel all the things and not getting her in her head about it. And also not trying to fix or resolve or take those feelings on as your own. Yeah. So you were witness to this. I'm realizing. Yeah. Yeah. So we all met up at a fair and it was wild fair. At a very wild fair, I I think I thought it would be like a peaceful yeah, sunset, <laughs> like We're learning about where we live. Yeah, and it was like a demolition derby combined with like you know carny vibes, and also it was like her bedtime, and we thought we could just like She's casually hungry. grab her some yeah. barbecue dinner, and that's a whole other story. The dinner never happened, so she just like. Yeah. She saw like a, I think a unicorn balloon and proceeded to just like get more and more upset and need and couldn't regulate. And I was doing my best to regulate. And then at some point her emotional peak went really high and it was like red alert. And then (laughs) Tim and I had to literally sprint out of the fair. This is like a very toddler experience and like, nurse her in the car and play the Encanto soundtrack and give her cheese. And then it was like, nothing happened. We're fine now. Um, but that, that was a moment where Tim and I were like, I was on the verge of tears. Like I mm. was so intense to, f- and I kept just like, I feel you. Like I hear yeah. you. And, and she was like, I don't know what, that was just like true. That was just very true. Like she, I felt like she and I were in something. Um, and then I texted you, that was very vulnerable. And also just very real for our family unit. So I find that she's now too an emotional, like there's something that's unlocked in her development around emotionality. I feel really grateful to know about her emotional authority. 
because the last thing I want to do is make it wrong, you know, which happens so often. Yeah. And it's just like, and again, like it will, we'll look at her design at some point, like, you know, and it will give us more nuance and do it or more clarity, but like, she's really here to feel a lot, you know, and like, and there's such a depth to her. And so just like giving her permission wherever you can to just feel all the things and like, just not, you know, the worst thing that we can often do in those moments when somebody with that emotional authority is in their wave is just like being like, why, what happened? What's going on? You know? And it's just like, Uh, just feel the thing, you know, like it will come and like using to move through it and like see what's on the other side. So I'm glad you know it too. And it's so natural and like, and it's also hopefully a useful awareness for you that like you will likely feel it within your own body in an amplified way because mm. you are so empathic. She's yeah. like at 100%, you're like, I'm at 200, you know, yes. which is why like in those moments, and again, this, it wasn't possible in this moment, but like, like I've even had clients where like, you know, I had a client whose son would go through his wave and like, she'd actually just go sit on the other side of the room. You know, she'd be like, I love you from here. And I'm like ready to be with you when you're ready to be together. And like, it was just a nice way for her to kind of like regulate and reconnect because like, you know, you, we all have emotionality, but for you, there is such a like neutral, calm, cool state. You can really reconnect to likely when you're kind of in your own space and in your own energy. Yeah. It's hard in those early years when like you are their regulation tool. You have to be there. Yeah. But I'm glad to know that. I've just been saying it's okay to be sad as I let her move through it. Say, it's okay to be sad. You can be sad about that. And I think I'm telling myself. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, she's so special. My God. I'm so glad I I got experience her in lots of different settings. But yeah, just like, I mean, like such a cuddly human. I couldn't believe it. (laughs) She definitely wanted to give you lots of cuddles. I know. She loves people. Um, okay, so what is your authority? I'm emotional too. So oh, I'm a little wait, bit, you're emotional. I'm emotional and my partner's sacral. Trust your guys. So we've got the same <gasps> thing going on. It, it's a little bit different because, because I'm not a generator or manifesting generator. It's not rooted in my gut feeling. But I, ha- I share a really similar thing to Atlas or for anyone who has this authority that like I'm not meant to be spontaneous in my decisions. I'm really meant to take a beat. And also that like, it's very normal for me to have emotional highs and lows. And what's most important is that I just give myself time to feel into things because it's really easy for emotions to color my decisions. So what happens for emotional authorities is that like they're on an emotional high and somebody presents them a thing and they're like, I can't wait, let's do it. You know, and then they wake up the next day and they're like, why in the world did I commit to that thing? Yeah. And so like just giving us a, ourselves a beat to just be like, let's just like cool off and like make sure that like, this is not only a decision we love in the moment, but it's one that we love over time. So mm-hmm. I've, I've got a, I've got a similar dynamic. So how are you preparing? Because at, at the time of this recording, your baby is still in utero. Yeah. And so you don't know what her design will be, you know. We have a prediction. Yeah. Yeah. What does that mean? No, no, no. I mean, probably really wrong. But, like, we've just had some, like, moments of being like, oh, we think this is going to be the time. Oh, I see. I see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we'll see. Yes. Go ahead. Finish your question, though. Yeah. I know. And you and I were talking about astrology, too. Uh, But... Yeah, I'm wondering what you're thinking about 
I mean, you're thinking about so much right now. Yeah. And maybe, and human design is your work. So I don't yeah. know if you're thinking about human design with with her, but it must sort of eke in yeah. your thoughts about how you as an emotional projector and your partner as a sacral generator are going to parent this little being. Yeah. I mean, I think that like, I think the magic of human design to me is there's like no good or bad. Like, so it's not like I've had clients be like, oh, I like really want them to get boy be born on this day because I really want to have this type. And like, just doesn't really work that way. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's so much magic to all of it. I think that like, I have a very strong sense that like, she's going to be very different than me. So like, mm-hmm. I don't, I wouldn't predict that I have another projector coming my way. I would love that at some point, but like, I don't <laughs> think it's, I don't think it's her. Um, only cause like there's such, it's, it can be nice to be around your own type at times. But like, I think my guess is that she's a manifesting generator or a manifester and probably emotional like me would be my prediction. Again, I'm, is this I'm, from your intuition? Mm-hmm. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Um, and also sometimes that we've been like, been like, I think this might be it, but like, again, this mm. is all to say, like, we could be so wrong. Like I could just right. have like a projector with my identical design, you know? So like, <laughs> it's like, this is not us even actually desiring a thing. It's more just what we've been feeling. And I'm really excited. We actually looked at a time this week where we thought like we were feeling around and I was like, oh my God, what a powerful design. Actually quite similar to yours and even more similar probably to Alice's. But I think that like, it's just been fun thinking about all the possibilities because like we're not actually desiring anything. It's more just like, look at how powerful she can be and like, look at all the possibilities. And I think that what I would say is that like, I'm so excited to know her design because human design can be used in so many applications and so many settings and be inc- extraordinarily useful. But I would say its most powerful application is hands down around parenting because I think most, and it's been so cool to see with this course that I've been teaching, I'll share about in a moment what I mean, but like, you know, we often live our design so purely when we're young and then we get conditioned out of it and think we're supposed to be something else. And then we kind of come back to ourselves later in life and we're like, oh, actually I like knew what I was doing and like I can come back to that. And so when you are using human design in your parenting, like you're literally giving your kids permission to be who they are from day one. Mm. You know, and it's not just like you must be this, but it's like, oh, I'm going to be aware of these things and just witness it. And just like remember that like you're probably really different than me. And how are all the ways that I can support you in that? And in this, I've been teaching a lot of people to learn human design and teach human design. And I think so many of them have kids and like, it's just been so amazing to witness as we go through like their examples they've shared of like how they witness all these things show up. And they're like two-year-old, four-year-old, 10-year-old. And I'm like, they're just like, they're expressing it so purely because like, that's all they know, you know? And so it's really, it's just such a cool application. So this is all to say that like, I can't wait to discover what her design is, but I have no particular attachment yeah. to who and what she is because like, it's not in my control. Mm-hmm. And I also like, I feel like it would be, I'm like kind of obsessed with all the types, you know? And yeah. so I think that like, I'm just like, they would all be such a dream, you know? And like, I'm married to a generator. I'm obsessed with generators, you know? And like, I love being a projector. My mom's a manifester, you know, like I'm just, I'm used to kind of being surrounded by quite different types. And I really see the magic in each one when they feel free to be who they are. And I'd imagine you as the projector sort of holding that like mama leadership role in like, you know, the project, the system that is your family unit. 
seeing and knowing the design of your child and just being able to like breathe life into the magic that is innately hers, Totally, you know, for, for such like a beautiful family experience. And of course that's all very like <laughs> exciting and, and, um, and optimistic, you know, and like there's, there's waves to, to being a human and being in family. But I, I feel that excitement for, for all, for you three, yes. uh, in, in what you'll all be able to co-create as a family. I, and as someone on the other side of pregnancy, feeling that experience with like, just like Atlas setting the emotional tone of the family is so true. Like, and she's, she's just so joyful. <laughs> like, mm. you know, her, a human being discovering, I'm just seeing how she's wired for pleasure and laughter. Yeah. Her, she really just wants to dance every time she hears music. She wants to like giggle and make jokes and how much that has improved our lives. Oh. Like, but like our generator selves are so can be so trolly. Yeah. And then we just have this like wave of like laughter. That's just always reverberating through our home. And there's always music playing. And like, it wasn't like that, you know, for yeah. the 10 years we were married before. I mean, it had joy, but it was different. And so mm-hmm. I like that frame. Of yeah. At it. And it's also a good reminder for generators and manifesting generators, like especially you're probably seeing this in Atlas, is that like even though you're doers, it's not like you have to be working all the time. It's more that like you just are going to use up your energy in satisfying ways, you know, like you just have a lot of beautiful energy to use up and that's what gives you the most satisfaction. So it's like whether it's what you're working on, who you're spending time with, dancing, physical movement, like whatever it is, it's like what can I do that will feel really satisfying and that's my job. Right. A use of energy doesn't mean work. <laughs> totally. We're st- Tim and I are still unlearning that. Yeah. Come back to our innate design child selves, which parenting also helps you connect mm-hmm. with your innate way of being. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, I'm so excited. Well, we dumped a whole bunch of information on folks and I, they probably want to know all the um, all the um, authorities. What are? Can you list them off? Probably. Yeah. So there are. There's splenic. I call this tune into your intuition. It basically is around trusting your intuition in the moment. It's different than your gut feeling. It's a very kind of quiet, intuitive knowing, like a whisper that you feel or a whisper that you hear, and you're meant to be quite spontaneous in your decision making. But you're also very sensitive to others. So I'd be really conscious of being in your own space and reconnecting to what's yours. There are ego authorities, also known as tune into your willpower. These people are meant to make decisions based on what their heart is pulling them towards, what they desire, what they feel motivated to make happen, what they, um, what it feels like their heart is really in. And it's so important for them to feel really taken care of in their decisions. They're like, I have so much to give and I must receive so much in return. There are talk it out or self-projected decision makers, and they're meant to find clarity by saying things out loud to people they trust and just seeing how it feels to say something out loud. It's not about seeking advice from anyone, but just the process of like giving voice to their inner knowing um, Mm -hmm. and making sure that they're saying yes to things that really feel like the most creative, authentic, and full expressions of who they are. 
the last two, there are people called, um, I call this talk it out and be in the right space. Also known as mental projectors also might say none on some sites and your projector. Um, they are meant to plant themselves in spaces that feel good, talk things out in those spaces, often kind of try a few different spaces and see which truth emerges. And the final one is for reflectors. They all share an authority, which is around giving themselves a full 28 to 30 days before they make a big decision. Um, and really kind of feeling into and sampling a decision from many different angles to really land in what's right. Um, it really gives them the space to kind of disentangle what's not theirs from what is. I think one thing I would just add is that it's not always going to be possible to give yourself a month. So I think what's most important is that you are making decisions on your own timeline and at your own pace and not because of like a pressure or urgency that's being imposed on you from other people. Yeah. Wow. There's just so much there. Yeah. I encourage you if you're listening to just play with it. I learned my human design type seven years ago. And I'm just like this year getting more into like the parts of the body and the gates and the things like that. But for the longest time, just knowing my type and my authority was enough to really help me shift some like habits and patterns that were like toxic or, you know, learned from the overculture or like inherited through lineage. And it's been so powerful. So there's, there's an offering you have that we have a little discount code for you that we can put in the Mm -hmm. show notes. It's the, I just ordered mine. Why don't you share what it is? Yeah. So, um, one of the best places to get started, of course I'm biased is the blueprint book. And it basically is a 55 plus page guide all about your unique design. So, it walks you through all the most important pieces of your design and really how to use them to find more flow in your life. It's, I don't use human design jargon and how I share. It's more just like you make decisions this way. and like, you might collaborate best yeah. this way. It goes through all those centers and channels and things that you're talking about and profiles. So it's totally unique to you. Like no two are the same, but it's really meant to be your own operating manual. And I have clients that return to it like every week, every year, every month to just be like, oh, I like, I see why I'm experiencing resistance and here's like a tool to get back on track. So I always say we come into this life without a manual and human design gives us the manual. So the blueprint book is really meant to be your manual. And then for the word for the discount code, is there a word that you like to use? Belonging. Belonging is the discount code and it's at (laughs) humandesignblueprint.com. You can go to buy your blueprint book at the top. Cool. Yeah. Again, I just bought mine. I think it's just invaluable. Um, so you can follow Erin Claire Jones on Instagram. We love it when you tell us things about ourselves on that Instagram. Erin, <laughs> I don't know how many times I'm just like, you know, doing the scroll and I just like see people sharing your, you know, Aww. their, I guess, your, posts about themselves. And I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, there's something very affirming about seeing, you know, I think you, so we're recording this in September and you're like for September by the types. Right. And then I see my friends posting about their type and I'm like, thank you for reminding me about your type. Thank you for reminding me how I'm about to see you and love you and honor you and encourage you. And so highly recommend if you're on the Insta, follow Erin Claire Jones, if you don't already. 
and check out the blueprint book. And we're sending you, okay, just feel the cosmic love from everyone throughout time, forward and backwards for a beautiful birth and welcoming your baby into the world, whatever type and authority she is. We're so excited to know whether you want to share it or not, but we're very excited to know. And thank you for your time today. Oh my God. Thank you so much for having me. And I can't wait to have you in the Hudson Valley. Yeah, see you soon. Yay! Thank you so much for joining me. In a time when our attention is being pulled in so many different directions, it means a lot that you took time out of your day to spend it with me and in these important conversations. For show notes and links and more information about my guests, you can head to belongingpodcast.com. And if you'd like to hear more from me and get access to my free newsletter called Slow and Seasonal, you can head to beccapiastrelli.com slash subscribe.